This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. It's December and this is the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host Aaron Bronstetter joined by the lone inaugural member of the mm-hmm. Glory Kickboxing Hall of Fame. One of one, Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Yeah, does it get boring? I like that intro every <laughs> single week. Just to I record like it. it. Hit play, That's just it. tack it onto the beginning of the show. Like old school. Like a member used to put things as your ringtone. I need mm-hmm. to bring a ringtone back and it's just going to be you introducing me. How's one of that? one. One of yeah. one. That's <laughs> it. We got to bring that back. That's the other thing I had a conversation with. Do you remember? Do you, did you have a pager growing up? I was a little bit on the young side for a pager. But you're, you're oh, younger okay. than me. Yeah, so but I, I had a pager. I never had a pager. Okay, well, when you called my pager, I had a nice song going. You put your favorite song on, and then it said, mm-hmm. hi, you have reached Joe's cell phone. And then leave oh, a, a message, message or leave your yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so our messaging on the pager, but then it turned into cell phones. You put your favorite song on. we got to bring that back. It's boring yeah. now. Just now it's hearing you regular reached voices. the voice mailbox of? Yeah, you know, 416. Yeah. People yeah. don't even put their own voice anymore. Get the music back. I had my own Jeez. voice for a while, and then I just I felt like I, I buckled under under peer pressure and just got rid of it. I got rid of the voice. I don't check my voicemail anyways. If, if you call me, my mom always leaves me a voicemail. She stopped actually now because I kept bothering her about it. I said, I see that you've called. I'll yeah. call you back. That's an automatic, you know, voice message. Yeah, that's the voice message. Is yeah. missed call from this number. Missed call, mom's cell phone. That's funny. I hope my dad's listening because he listens every week. But uh, he used to call me as hi dad, uh, hi Joe. It's dad, and he talks very slowly because he wants to hear him like, Dad, I know it's you. I know your voice. Uh, you know, you don't have to tell me it's you. You don't have to announce that it's you. I know it's you. It's a missed call, and I know your voice. But yeah. he always announced, Hey, Joe, it's dad. He's like, I know, dad. I know it's you. But, I've stopped uh, saying hello when I pick up. Like, if you were to call me and I saw Joe Valvelina, I'd be like, Hey, Joe. Hey, I know yeah, who's calling. Too. I don't need to act like it's a mystery. Hello? Yeah, like, I don't, you don't know who yeah. it is. Yeah. That's not a mystery. Point. It says yeah, Joe Valvelina calling. Which, well, yeah. you've never called me, but I, if, if, if by chance you decided to call me once. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, hey, Aaron, is this you? Yeah. yeah. Your number's been saved <laughs> on my phone for a long exactly. time. I know Your it's you. Your name came up. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's you. Up, man. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, that's it. We're changing right after this. I'm putting a song on my voicemail. Yeah. That's the only, it. the only time it would be not you on the phone is if, like, because my name starts with AA, maybe somebody would find your phone. They'd, I mean, I don't know how they'd unlock it, but maybe the first number on the contacts would be AA, and they'd call and be like, hey, I found this phone. But yeah, even maybe. then, that's very unlikely. <laughs> there we go. That's funny. <laughs> All right, well, we've got, a, we've got the first uh, card of December with the king of December, Rob Font, looking to improve to 7-0 and in the month of December against Jose Aldo in the main Jeez. event. Yeah, Rob Font is... Uh, I, I put Mr. out a graphic December. yesterday yeah, on, uh, on Instagram. It's the uh, Rob Font advent calendar. He's got all these, all these different dates where he's beaten guys in December. Yeah, I saw you post that, but I didn't really read into it. My bad. But uh, I saw what the post was, and I was wondering what it was. But no, that makes sense now. Yeah. So it he, makes he's, sense. He's the king of December. This is his fourth of five fights that have happened in December. We got to make a UFC calendar and put them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If there was a December, and they had, like, the model for December, it would be yeah. Rob Font. Rob Font in his MMA shorts and a Santa hat for December. Yeah. Be ready to go. Hey, I spoke yeah. to him yesterday. He calls himself Puerto Rican Santa. So there you go. Perfect. Works out. But he's a he's a, a favorite over Jose Aldo, which is somewhat surprising to me. Yeah, me too. And I heard uh, at some places he's a minus one fifty. I uh, I would have if I was the lines maker, I would have thought it was a pick 'em fight, which I was hoping it would be. I was even hoping Aldo would be a favorite because you know Rob being a friend of mine, I know how good he is, and you know I'm I'm riding with Rob in this fight, so I was kind of hoping you'd be an underdog so I'd make some more money. 
Yeah, well, he's minus about one, minus 150 is probably about the average line for him. So a pretty sizable favorite uh, over somebody as good as Jose Aldo. And uh, I did a poll on uh, on social media. I don't know if you saw it because you you'd said you saw the Rob Font graphic I made. I put up another yeah. graphic with my <laughs> poll for the uh, the greatest featherweight in UFC history. Who do you think won? Oh, I saw. I did see that. Okay. There was a percentage. I but did do you see remember? That. Um, it was close between Holloway, I believe, and someone else. Holloway and uh, it wasn't Dominic Cruz, was no, it? No. Wrong, wrong, wrong weight class. Wrong weight class, anyways. Well, I know one of them was Holloway, and I yeah. think he won. Aldo won by a small percentage. Okay. But then everybody was coming and saying the other people have, that you have here have all beaten Aldo because it was Volkanovski, Connor, and uh, Max Holloway. But now, do you look at Aldo as someone in as a different generation fighter, almost like an Anderson Silva? There Very was similar. like the prime Aldo, and then there was a little downslide of an Aldo. Then there's the return of Aldo. So I mean, I think it's kind of hard because he's had those different phases of his uh, dominance. Right. I got into my head. I'm taking Aldo. Like how many days? I'd be curious to see how many days Jose Aldo was champion for consecutively. It's probably got to be like 1,500 days or something where he was the the featherweight yeah. champion. Like he was a dominant champion. Yeah, and I mean, I think this fight here is a almost like perfect stylistically too. I mean, Aldo's boxing's been getting better. You know, Rob Font's known for his hands, so this is interesting. I, I mean, I think this. Uh, I, I mean, Rob's obviously going to be in for a tough one, and I think the first two rounds might be the hardest of Rob's career. I think these first two rounds, Rob's going to learn a lot about himself. It's going to be a tough fight, but. I kind of feel if this fight goes the full five, I think uh, I'm leaning Rob decision, to be honest. Yeah, Rob kind of acknowledged that when I spoke to him. He said, this is going to be probably the toughest first round of my career. And, I yeah. mean, it, this is basically going to be a kickboxing match. Do you agree? Like, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be going for takedowns in this one. Well, I, I think, honestly, maybe Aldo might want to change levels up a little bit. I think Rob's length is going to be really hard to get inside. I mean, I know Aldo has that good head movement lately, the way he smashes, but... I think uh, I think the game of MMA now, I know they want to strike, but just playing with level changes and clinches could be good. But, yeah, I can see mostly a kickboxing fight. And I think for, for even Rob, it's trying to avoid calf kicks too, trying to avoid the leg kicks. I think that's going to be a big part of the game. Does Aldo still throw those? Does he throw no, 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 don't get, it's probably going to be my uh, rant next week. Why doesn't Aldo throw damn low <laughs> kicks? You know, that's going to be my rant. Again. He forgot but, how to do uh, them. He just forgot. Yeah. He, needs to come to, he needs to come to Scarborough, Ontario to but bazooka I don't understand. It, it just happened from the best low kicker to never throwing them. Don't, <laughs> don't even I'm ask unreal. me part of those era. Be like if GSP just stopped grappling. Out. GSP just, just yeah. uh, abandoned like, the double leg. Why? You yeah. know what I mean? I don't understand. It's like me. Like, I'm known for low kicks, and then me all of a sudden never throwing them anymore. Aldo mm -hmm. was known as the guy to throw low kicks. Now yeah. he just doesn't throw them. Like, I don't understand what happened. Could be an injury of his foot, maybe. He's like, you know what? I'm sick of breaking my foot in fights. My shins are always banged up. I don't know what it is, but I think if I'm fighting Rob Font, as soon as Rob Font jabs me, I'm kicking the leg. Hopefully, Aldo doesn't listen to this, but that would be the game plan. <laughs> you know, that's listen the to game our show plan. with a translator every week. It's like religion yeah, for Jose Aldo. For sure he does. For <laughs> sure he does. He listens all the time. Yeah. But yeah, no, that would be the game plan. So, I mean, we'll see what he comes up with. But if he can't get inside of Rob's jab, He's in for a long night if he's not I mean, captured. Jose Aldo's used to fighting bigger guys, though. I mean, most of his career is at featherweight. I don't think that the reach and the length is going to be a problem for him against Rob yeah. Bunt. I just think Rob knows how to use it better than most guys. You know, a lot of guys could be tall but not know how to use the reach. Rob True. throws at full extension, full length. He doesn't kind of sit in the pocket. He's in or out with the jab. I just think he uses his length more intelligent than most taller guys. 
Yeah, there. Th- this fight card. Like I'm trying to do my TSN edge picks today, and I just I can't make. I, I'm just baffled looking at it. I don't know who to take as an underdog. I don't know who to take as like uh, as a parlay. I just think that's volatile. Like there's just a lot of volatility on this card, and just very good matchmaking because it's tough to pick a lot of these fights. Yeah, when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking more of going for maybe over under with the the rounds. Even that yeah, though, I'm baffled. Like I don't know. I'd love to take Aldo Font goes the distance, but it's like minus one fifty. I I don't want to lay that for a five round fight. Anything can happen in a five round fight. Yeah, like I mean, I've been going back and forth, like because talking about a kickboxing fight, the co-main event is another oh, kickboxing 100%. fight, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of excited for that. But even that fight, like Riddell and Fizev, like how do you pick a winner on I know. that? I can't. How do you pick a winner? That's why I'm thinking the rounds. I'm hoping this fight, because they're both good strikers, they might want to say the fight goes under one and a half, maybe. So, if anything, both I like the over good strikers, fight. the over. Me too. I think it goes to a decision. But but the over the under one and a half is plus 275. Like, going to a decision okay, so is minus 200 in this fight, that. right? So there's no oh, value there either. Yeah. See, I was hoping they would have put, like, that, that being big power guys that but they, they would finish early. They know. Yeah, they, know. they seem to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they seem to know. I'm, I've, I was even thinking about we got Clay Guida here against Santos. I'm top, at plus one sixty, maybe Clay, uh, you know Clay can get in, but you know Santos. I like Santos being by, older. This, by submission at plus four hundred. I think that's the way I would go with it. Yeah, I Clay, mean if you got to do neck it. Neck up too easily. I like I like uh, Jamal Hill. I think him being an underdog, being scrappy and rangy, he can pull something yeah, off early. But and I mean, Crute's tough. really good too. But I mean, that I think you're right on the value side of that for sure. Yeah, that's out of all the the main fights I'm seeing, that seems to be uh, you know the one I'm kind of leaning towards. If I'm picking an underdog, is Jamal Hill. Yeah, I've got no idea. Like it's just I'm looking at all of these lines. They're basically where they should. I like Jeremiah Wells as an underdog. That's one that I like. Uh, but even still, like all the other lines, I just think are dead on. I like Brandon Mirza Kanov. What's Brandon against... Allen finish? Brandon Allen finish could be good. Yeah, Brandon Allen inside was like plus 125. I like that too. But Chris Curtis is bad. like very difficult to finish. Like how many times has Chris Curtis been finished in fights? He's fought tough mm-hmm. guys. So he's, 20, he's 27 and 8. And if you look at the, his losses, let's, let's take a look here at his topology. I'm pulling it up right now. He doesn't have a lot of losses inside the distance from what I can remember. I don't know if he's ever been stopped. So he lost. He got stopped by Ray Cooper. So second round knockout from Ray Cooper. He's got phenomenal finishing power. Two decision losses to Magomed Karimov. Decision to Nishan Burrell. Decision to Bilal Muhammad. Decision to Forrest Pests back in the day. This is 2013. And the mm-hmm. loss to Tom Galicchio. It doesn't say what the method is there. And another loss in his debut, which, again, the method doesn't say. But this, is a, this guy's a tough guy to stop. But if anybody yeah. can, I mean, Brandon Allen, short notice fight, up a weight class. I mean, makes sense. He's training with Hooft, right? I believe Brandon Allen now. Is he, at, is he with Hooft or is he at Sanford? I think he went to, uh, that's oh, yeah, Hooft. that is Hooft. Sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of Chris Curtis. Who's with, I think but, I mean, isn't Brandon Allen, I think if he gets it done, probably maybe by submission would be a better shot for him, no? Yeah, I, I would think so. But yeah. you never know. You could take him down, get ground and pound. Who knows? I, I, I was looking at that, too. I was looking at the Allen inside the distance. I think that's a, that's a good... Uh, a good read yeah. by you. Yeah, I can't really think of it. Like you said, this is my one of the hardest weeks, I think, um, coming up with some picks. I like Grootsmacher by decision, too, but I don't know. That's another one. Like I'm just kind of on the fence. I feel like Grootsmacher should be a bigger, like an underdog in this fight against Puelas, but who knows. Yeah, I I'm a big Grootsmacher thinking... guy, though. I have a bias towards Grootsmacher. I just think he's really good and underrated. Uh, he's fighting on, oh, there he is. Claudio yeah. Puelas, yeah. This is a quick return then for him, right? 
Well, I can, believe he yeah, fought like a month I mean, ago. Based no? on his history, he's not. A, he's typically hasn't been the most most busy fighter. But yeah, he fought back in July. Yeah, he fought recently, I believe, and got an impressive win, I believe. Yeah, against Rafa Garcia, looked great in that fight. I think he was down and then ended up coming back and kind of grinding out, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this time around. I mean, solid card, solid Bellator card as well. You got Kyoji Horiguchi against uh, Sergio Pettis on uh, on Friday, and Jeremy Kennedy, the Canadian, against Emmanuel Sanchez in the co-main event. Yeah, that's a, that's a big card. I think Kennedy's in for a tough one, man. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Sanchez is awesome. I spoke you know, to Rufus Kennedy last Sport week, guy too. and he's uh, he, he knows that it's a tough challenge, but he's uh, he feels it seems like he's up for it. I like Jeremy Kennedy; he's a gentleman. I like that guy. Oh yeah, I met him the one time there. Wish I got to meet him more. Mm-hmm. But he's with uh, Extreme Couture, and he seems to be really in there with uh, Eric Nixick and stuff like that. So yeah, in good hands. Yeah, I moved to Vegas. I was talking to him. Uh, you can hear that interview on the uh, TSN MMA Show interview edition this week with Jeremy Kennedy, and he said uh, he finally has moved his wife out to uh vegas and they're renting out their house that they bought in vancouver and i said are you making more money off vancouver rent than you are fighting and he, he, had, a, he <laughs> yeah. had a laugh with that because the rent in vancouver is is too damn high as as they would say yeah what do you think of uh sergio pettis with haraguchi here it's a great fight i mean i, I think horaguchi is the rightful favorite here but uh sergio pettis has looked phenomenal and uh i don't know i mean you ask everybody at at2 and they, they say that horaguchi is the best fighter in the gym like they love him over hmm. there and, I mean, if you're He's the best fighter in the gym at ATT, I mean, Jeez. that says something. Yeah, I mean, Sergio, though, just keeps uh, impressing me, though. Me, too. I, I feel like he finds ways to win. I was w- the one where when he fought Rob Font originally, I'm like, I thought Pettis was going to light up Rob Font, to be honest with you. And I was like, man, I think Pettis. And then just seeing how good you know, Rob did there, and then I was like, I don't know if Pettis has anything. But since that Rob Font, Pettis has been seemed to be an animal, just mm-hmm. kind of finding his groove in Bellator, and just seems to be on a on a new high. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that whole gym, Rufus Board, you got Pettis, you got Emmanuel Sanchez, you got Rafael Stotts. Like they've got a, they've got a really good room there for uh, smaller weight fighters. Yeah, well, I'm uh, very impressed the way Sergio's doing it. So, I think uh, I don't know. He's he's kind of created his own i remember the big thing with him is trying to get away from his brother's name and i think he's done it and he's done a good job with uh getting some big wins well i'm eager to see uh how this card is i, I think it's got a lot of good talent on it uh so i'm looking forward to uh to checking out Bellator's card on uh i think the, the uh, there was a good fight alfie davis against jj wilson that got scrapped unfortunately from it but otherwise very good card and uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to this UFC card this weekend. Uh, the big news yesterday that came down, Kevin Lee released from the UFC. I was uh, a little bit surprised by that, but not overly surprised, if that makes sense. Yeah. What was the, the main reasoning? I know he was having – it was an exemption with Adderall or something he wanted. Well, I think the main reason is because he's lost what is like four of his last five fights or something along those lines. I, I, th- I just think they cut him for performance reasons. Uh, they okay. just don't want to pay. The UFC is getting rid of a lot of their middle class. They're guys like Junior Dos Santos, guys like Alistair Overeem that they don't think still have championship potential. They've, they've squeezed yep. all the juice out of them, and they're yep. ready to let them go. And I think but that you Kevin think Lee like falls Kevin in that category. Lee, but Kevin Lee, you would think, like, one, he was kind of pushed into big fights a little early because he was confident. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I think his skill... I mean, skill-wise, he belongs there still. I agree. You know, maybe, and, and he's still fighting bigger names, and maybe he just... You know, decrease the level of his opponent instead of cutting him. But I still, he'll probably do great in a Bellator or, or something like that. I think he'll still do well. But mm-hmm. I think he's a UFC guy, and it's kind of made it uh, sad to see him leave. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it, they could still get something out of him, but I don't think they, A, like his fighting style because a lot of his grappling heavy. I don't think they like paying him as much as they are, and the performance True. just hasn't been where they would want it to be, I would imagine. I don't think that they believe he still has championship potential at either welterweight or lightweight. Well, again, you have, you know, like Clay Guida still fighting. Yeah, he yeah. puts on Sam exciting Alvey's fights. Sam Alvey's still fighting. Everybody's saying Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey's still on the roster. Yeah, like there's still guys on the roster that have put their time in. Kane Murley, our company guys. I don't know. I felt maybe, I don't know the behind the scenes. Stories. Maybe he's harder to work with than we know. But, uh, yeah, it just seemed like a, a good talent lost and, uh, or a good talent gained in a new organization. So no, He's we'll also see. represented by CAA, and I don't know. I you know I don't want to read too much into that, but CAA and, and Endeavor are you know straight up competitors basically in the talent management space. So I don't know if that plays a role as well as they're trying to send a message to CAA or something. But again, I think that that might be reading a little bit too far into it. Just looking at Kevin Lee's performances, I think that cutting him is something that, from a bottom line standpoint, to the UFC makes sense. I don't think that they're worried about Kevin Lee going to another promotion. Yeah, yeah I guess it's also. Uh... You know, it's like, hey, your job's not protected to anybody, you know, like, right. hey, get wins, perform, do well outside of the organization, you know, do good things. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a business. But what do you think is more valuable to them? Having Kevin Lee on the roster or having 10 Dana White Contender Series contracts to give out that you can just have on short notice if you need somebody like a Jared Vandera stepping in this weekend? True. Uh, like the guy who's uh, stepping in against Bar- Brian Barbarena this weekend who was on the Contender Series. Like these kind of fighters... They just have yeah. ready on speed dial. Hey, we need somebody. I think yeah, that but might that's be more the problem now, right? That's exactly. almost the problem. That is the that's problem. why we create unions. That's why there's unions. You know, we got to protect the older guys because these new guys will come in and fight yeah. for less, yeah, exactly. less money on any time notice. I mean, the more you're in the sport, the more picky you get. So I know there's so many young and hungry fighters that will jump on opportunities. But right now, free agency is booming. I mean, you got so many different places you can go now. You look at what Triller did this past weekend. There's avenues like that, the kind of unorthodox avenues for uh, fighters. Um, the uh, Habib's promotion is coming to America, and uh, Rizvan Magomedov, who's, I think, the CEO of uh, Eagles MMA um, and uh, one of the managers over at Dominance MMA, I, I think he told Damon Martin, you know, we'd be interested in bringing Kevin Lee in for our event, right? Like, there are a lot of different places that you can go now, if you're a free agent, it used to be like, okay, you're either in the UFC or you're like nowhere. Right yeah. now, there's there's money to be made outside of the promotion. Yeah, I think uh, if I was a free agent in this day and age still, I still think it makes sense to be with an organization that can keep you busy. And mm-hmm. I think the ones that can do it would be UFC, Bellator, maybe PFL. But even PFL now, like you don't hear things until it's like they run their seasons, keeps you – maybe overly active if you're older like someone mm-hmm. like pettis fought probably way too many times than he wanted yeah. to probably and like verdum was in the tournament like he only fought yeah. once but like they think verdum was like oh, i can't I can fight five times this year it's like dude you're 45 yeah, like, that's crazy yeah i'm older <laughs> i don't want to do it so it's not necessarily better for the older fighters mm-hmm. so i mean i but, but still like if kevin lee is young i think bellator is the move because bellator can keep him active three fights a year two to three fights a year bare knuckle he might get one or two you know like you never really yeah. know how long these uh, events will be going on so the i think he's young still tough in bellator and it's tough in the pfl like you've got magomed karamov you've got ray cooper you've got like yeah. rory mcdonald in, in the pfl yeah. and then in bellator you've got Van- michael venom page you've got uh, uh amasov the champion you've got uh, Douglas Lima, like there, there's that's a really tough division to excel in any promotion. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think I have a feeling it should be Bellator. 
If, if I was the PFL, I'd send Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee and the PFL would yeah. be a great fit. The thing yeah, is, can work. Kevin Lee stay healthy enough to go through a tournament year of four or five fights? Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Like I said, that schedule is crazy. And then they were keeping them in bubbles for like a long time yeah, too. Yeah, I think, which I think they've done like, away with that now. Yeah, because it was crazy. Kayla Harrison wasn't happy. How did he have to bring her two kids with her into the bubble for like a week? <laughs> she wasn't yeah. thrilled. Hard to focus on the fight when you're chasing two too. kids It wasn't around even it. a couple days. Yeah, it was like it was like nine day, nine, nine to fourteen days if I remember. It was yeah, a lot. Insane, insane. Did now? Let me ask you. I know you said you weren't going to watch it. Did you watch the triad no, fighting? No, I did not watch no. the triad fighting. No. Okay. I did see some of the highlights. I saw Frank Mir basically just have his lights completely turned out. He was like a yeah. mannequin, just frozen. Mergliata not stepping in. Yeah. He did eventually, but I mean, eventually, you could tell that yeah. like his computer, his computer didn't have a surge protector and got hit by lightning. Like he was, yeah, he was yeah, out on I his feet. Know. I thought it was okay. I, I watched uh, some of it. I didn't, I didn't over sit there and focus on it. I was more into the boxing fight of uh, Theo Limo Lopez against uh, Cambosis Jr. There, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that more as a purist. But uh, I thought, uh, like a Mike Perry, I just find it's kind of. It's weird and scary at the same time, you know? It's like I'm seeing these guys in a triangle ring where it forces you to fight. You know, you can't move anywhere. You are, you're always in the corner somewhere. So That would be I a good mean, format for you. If there was, like, kickboxing oh yeah. in a triangle, you'd, you'd dominate that sport. Oh, yeah, I love <laughs> pressure fighting. But the small gloves don't help that. No. So these guys are getting banged up. When you have small gloves, you want to move. That's the whole point. Yeah. A four-ounce glove, you're like, man, let me move. I want to angle. But with these small gloves, the, the triangle base of the ring, and, I mean, these guys were forced to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, Even Mitrione, Mitrione, I think, got hit two more times than he expected. You know, Trying to close the distance, grapple with these guys. They were still getting cracked with these small gloves. So I think they, a lot of these guys ate. Big shots, probably more than they would eat in their UFC fights, because right. now it's just focusing just on the head. There's no ground and pound, even against the the cage. You can't pin a guy up against the cage and wrestle him and hold him. Like, right. I found seven rounds was too long. You know, it's like, geez, seven rounds. Like that's these guys are used to the, you know, different pace, different rounds. So, and even the boxers they brought were out of shape boxers a lot of times. Yeah. So it's well, kind of like guy fought. That guy Mirfa was a legit. Oh, no, that, he just yeah. fought Anthony Joshua. But yeah, all right. the other guys, like the guy Mike Perry fought Seals. Like, I don't know who Seals is. I think he's got like two, 3,000. I don't even know if he's a big boxer or anything like that. He's a pretty so. favorite, though, in that fight. I'm, I'm sure that he has some sort of background. Yeah, but it was entertaining for what it was. I've heard uh, rumors of their pay-per-view buys. That seems crazy. What, was, what did you hear? Someone was saying that they, they were the, the owner of Triller was saying they had 1.5 oh, million views. God, give me a freaking break. There's yeah. no chance they had that many. There's yeah. 0% chance. They said that. There was something that they said. If they, they did 150,000, like, I'd be shocked. Yeah, me too. I understand no, selling I, tickets. Like, if you're in, in that area and you want to go see Metallica at a stadium and, like, watch some fights, that's, like, that would be a cool night out. But I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you think people are paying for that? You think 1.5 million people like that? That's the problem know. I have with Triller, is it's, like, it's similar to, like, one championship. It's just predicated on, like, misinformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even with the one, like everyone would say, the fights that they're watching, like all the, I think they calculate all the houses it would go to if they would watch it. You know, like it would go to all these homes. I'm like, they're not all watching it. Yeah, it's available to this many homes. Yeah, Yeah. it's available to a billion homes. Maybe I don't know how many are watching it though of all those homes. That's the problem. So yeah, I don't know. I just think uh, it's uh, it's a topic that I thought it was pretty funny. Being like, where's the money coming from? Hey, if it's doing 1.5 million dollars, we know where the million buys. We know where the money's coming from. But man, like. 
how much do you think they paid Metallica to do that? How much do you think that they paid? Uh, like they say, the fighters all said that they made more than they've ever made before. Like they're yeah. paying these guys through the nose, but I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know. Someone said, I don't know. One of the uh, the MMA journalists said Mike Perry made close to a quarter mil for yeah, that. It's unbelievable. And it's good for them. You know? I'm happy. I'm happy the fighters yeah. are making that money. Believe me. I don't care where the money's coming from. That's great. Good for them. But, I mean, yeah. I I just, like, I, I don't know how, how they're running this operation. They're doing a card every two months that seems to cost, like, an overhead of, like, $15 million. Like, I just don't yeah. know where how they're, how they're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. It definitely was interesting. But, hey, it's giving these fighters another option, another avenue to make money, right? Yeah. I mean, MMA was an MMA versus boxing event. Um, so it's like MMA one. So I don't know if that's something for the MMA listeners, but, uh, just seeing Frank Mir, the way he went out, I, I get it was the worst fight ever, but it's still scary to what see I the older see, guys get like that. I want to see MMA versus boxing, but the third round is MMA rules. Like you get two, two rounds of boxing rules and then the third round is MMA rules. So if the uh, mixed martial artist <laughs> makes it out of those first two rounds, they get the smash. Yeah. They get, they smash get the time. ground and pound. Yeah. Yeah. They get to fight everybody. You yeah. bring Shamaya vote. Yeah, that's my, that's that's the way that I want to see it. Yeah. I'm Let's right have like that. Usman versus Canelo. First two rounds boxing, third round MMA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now I'm we've got that. an interesting fight on our hands, folks, because Canelo versus Usman in a boxing match is not interesting to me in the least. Zero. But yeah. if you throw a little MMA rules in there, let's make it happen, yeah. baby. Let's yeah. have some fun. And they moved that uh, Demetrius Johnson Rod Tank fight. Right? Yeah, that was they supposed have to, to happen. The event, basically, uh, there were, I think, in Singapore, there were some sort of uh, COVID regulations that prevented them, so they had to postpone it or something, if I recall. Yeah. Have you ever seen Rod Tang fight? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's great. Okay. He's I was going to say, make sure you watch them. Watch, watch the kid fight, fight, man. That's Incredible. why that fight's interesting, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I thought DJ would kill him, and everyone was like, buddy, have you seen Rod Tank fight in MMA class? And I said, yeah, but he walks forward. There's no – DJ's too good in and out, moving, angling. I don't mm -hmm. think Rod Tang will be able to touch him, but you're talking about a specialist of Muay Thai, so I don't know. Right. Good low kicks. I don't know. Let's see. Intrigue. Let's see how it yeah. goes. I feel like everybody has forgotten about Demetrius Johnson. Like he, he went to one championship. And people talk yeah. about the greatest ever and the pound for pound and like nobody talks about Demetrius anymore. Like he's just he's been forgotten. He's his his career has died has like been lost in the ether of mixed martial arts mythology. Yeah, I almost think that he prefers that though. He always seems like an, a quieter guy. I don't know. I don't yeah. know him personally. He seems but, to be the uh, kind of guy that wants to like go to Whole Foods and not get bothered by people. Yeah, so maybe he's <laughs> so okay. With he's a family guy, likes his training. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. So let me let me get paid and then leave me alone. Yeah, oh, that's all right. <laughs> You can do that. Yeah, another uh, uh, more big news. Jan Blahovic against uh, Rakic, uh -huh. March 26th, main event. I like that. I like Rakic. I, I, uh, I keep saying that he's one of my favorites in the division to watch. When he when he gets to strike, I think he's fun to, to watch. I can't see Jan really trying to get the power, but that's a great fight. I really like that fight. Yeah, I'm eager to see what happens in that fight. That's I like that Jan's getting right back to it, right? Like it seems like that loss to Glover left a bad taste in his mouth, and he wants to get back yeah. in there. And he knows that he's not getting an immediate rematch. He knows that he has to get get back into the title picture. So, yeah, I think it's the right the right kind of fight for him. And I think Rockic is a good opponent for him. I think even from a matchup standpoint, I think that he can do very well against Rockic. Yeah, I think I think I would put maybe Rockic as the favorite on the feet. Would you Would you say that? Um, it would be tough. I maybe power versus it's length. Like power maybe versus John's more technical John's striking. More powerful. Yeah. You know? But uh, I like that. But the fight that I think I kind of got intrigued by was uh, the Bryce Mitchell. And uh, was it Oliveira? They're not Oliveira there. Sorry. Um, uh, Barboza. 
Barboza. I always that's probably the worst matchup for Bryce Mitchell in the division. In my opinion, those two, Barboza and Olivero, forever confuse me. They will, for some reason, those guys, my whole career Mm -hmm. and life have confused me. But yes, I'm excited for that one. If he can beat Barboza, that is a massive statement because honestly, I think from a matchup standpoint, that's one of the toughest guys that they can match him up against. Like, I don't think that I think that's a terrible matchup for Bryce Mitchell. And it's a big jump in competition. It seemed who was Bryce Mitchell's last fight? Was it someone? Was it Feely? Yeah, I think I think so. Let me look at that. And then you haven't seen him in a while, but he's confident. He he thinks in two three fights he's going to be the champ. He thinks he's fighting for titles. I mean, overly confident, or maybe we just haven't seen the best of him. But let's see if he can get his ground game. Could work if he gets him down. You know, who knows? Yeah, his last fight was against Feely uh, last October. Wow, it's been a long time. Like if he gets Barboza on the ground, it could be done. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If he can take him down, he can. He could probably snap up a sub on him. But Barboza's got good BJJ. It's kind of he's he's good at he's like the a guy that you can hold down, but it's gonna be a tough guy to finish. Um, I will say though that Bryce Mitchell has always really impressed me. Like when he was on that Ultimate Fighter undefeated season, uh, I was there. I was in town for the finale, and I I saw him just sitting outside the hotel. I walked up to him. I said, "Hey man, like I think you're really going places. You you are a really talented fighter." I, I said, "I don't often do this. I don't often just go up to guys and say like yeah. say this kind of thing." But like, I'm I'm actually quite good at at seeing people who are on tough and identifying really good fighters, like people that have good upside. And Bryce Mitchell was one of those guys, mm-hmm. uh, along with like Yair Rodriguez. I knew had something. Kamaru Usman. Okay. I said. Like right after Kamaru Usman won, I saw Faraz Zahabi and said, "This guy reminds me of GSP." Like they're just, I'm good at, I'm good at scouting. Yeah. I'm good at scouting these guys on tough, for the most yeah. part. Any other ones you you can remember you called out? Um, I'm trying to think of some that I messed up that I thought, yeah, I thought Warley Alves would be really really good. He's been good. Yeah. He's still in the UFC, but I thought Warley Alves was gonna be like a killer. He reminded me of like Diego Sanchez, the like early Diego Sanchez, like the 155 Marauder Diego Sanchez. Mm. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anyone I've thought that ended up doing really well. Hmm. I'm I'm always striking bias, so it never ends up working out. Yeah, there there haven't been that many where I've been like this guy's really going places. I thought William Macario would be very good, but he because he was like 21 and he he just threw bricks, but uh, yeah. he he ended up kind of flaming out unfortunately. I thought Johnny Walker maybe at one point was he was it? a tough guy though. Yeah, he was a contender series. Yeah. Okay. Contender series what, have had a harder time picking. What about uh, well. O'Malley? Was he one that you like? This kid's special. O'Malley, I was on the fence on. I saw O'Malley yeah. and I was like, this guy's got something, but I'm not sure about him. Yeah. And I like, felt kind of the same way about Chase Hooper. I was like, this guy, like, he's got something, but he's beating guys that are quite like he, he beat another guy that was like 20. He was like 19, and the other guy was 20. And I was like, ah, let's see how he does. Yeah. There haven't been a lot of guys that really. Uh, Yanez was actually one guy that stood out to me. Yanez, and, and he's done really well. But Yanez yeah, was a guy where great. I was like, this guy's got something. Yeah, Yanez is doing great. Well, you got that eye, and you've been following, watching everything, and even the local stuff. You're going to be a matchmaker one day for the UFC. I doubt that. And I, that's a job that I really would never <laughs> I, want. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want that job. We're not even putting it out there. I like how you stopped it immediately. Yeah. Now, if they called me and they were like, hey, we're, uh, you know, Sean Shelby's retiring and we need to hire a new matchmaker. We think you have a real life for talent. I'd be like, no, sorry. I'm not interested. No, oh, yeah. I'll pass. Pass. And then you said yeah. no to our hypothetical, you know, conversation yeah. here. I enjoy then, sleeping. Oh. Too much to be a matchmaker. Like these guys, I don't know oh, how yeah. these guys do it. That is a difficult job. Like I, oh yeah, it's believe terrible. me, I'm not saying I don't want the job because it's uh, not a not a cool job to have and it's not a lot of fun to make these matchups or or that I don't think I could do it. But man, that like these guys must must never get sleep. 
Oh yeah, I mean, when fights fall out now with COVID, it's probably their job has been oh, probably the worst in the last two years. <laughs> exactly. The most difficult, terrible. Yeah, man. They brutal. probably have like a list at their house of like short notice guys that they know are like reliable for short notice. Like this Jared Vandera guy. I think this is like his third short notice fight. He like lives in Vegas, trains in Vegas. Like they probably just have a list of guys who's in Vegas, who's who can yeah, be who's called, ready? who should yeah. we keep on the roster even if they lose nine fights in a row. Like these are our guys. We need to keep these guys. There has to be. I mean, have you ever – you always – when you talk to Dana, you always say, hey, we're, what do you call it? The war room? Yeah, the war room. So yeah. they have a big list of what? All the fights coming up, all mm-hmm. the fights yeah. they want. What, and they what have like those that, Velcro, like Velcro placards that they stick on. Okay. And then they just kind of like the next 10 cards they have all up on that wall? Or yeah. How is it? Yeah. You've they have seen like, it or you no, just – they have like the cards basically for the rest of the year I think. Like basically almost – like basically six months I think they have worth of cards. And, and then they, they have match. like they have like little placards, and some of the placards have like little stars on them to denote that they were on the contender series. Others that denote that they were on tough, and they just like oh, this whole system. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I would I would be shocked if the roster doesn't consist of at least forty percent contender series alum at this point in time. It might be more. Forty. How many are on the roster now? Is this a? I did a graphic open? before the start of. The season. I wonder if I still have it on my phone. I should look it up. I did a graphic about how many fighters were on the roster on Contender Series before this season. Let me see if I can find it. Because it, it kind of had a good layout of, of what exactly. Because I know the, a lot the, of the fighters loved being on the roster come Christmas time because the UFC would send them a gift. Right. And I, and I remember they used to get cool gifts like iPads, I think, one year. And then they started giving UFC merchandise credit or something, and everyone got upset. Yeah. They're like, we want the iPads. Yeah. We don't want the, the UFC merch credit anymore. All right. So this is before the season started. They had 127 fighters under contract, which is about 20 to 20 to 23% of the rosters. That's probably a more accurate number. It's probably closer to 30 now after this past okay. season. Um they had 33 fighters who had signed with the UFC and competed but had since been cut since then. Okay. 188 fighters that they didn't sign on the show and never went on to fight in the UFC. Okay. Uh, 17 of the fighters that had competed on the show were ranked. And again, these numbers are from before this past season. The okay. combined UFC record of Contender Series competitors was 278, 266, and 5 with 9 no contests. Okay. And the record okay. of contract winners up from the show was 197, 188, and 5 with 7 no contests. And 17 of the fighters at that point in time were un- were undefeated in the UFC. Uh, since then, I think some of them have gone on to, lo- to lose. Like, Euros Medish is on this list. He's lost since then. Um, Tucker Lutz just lost, so he's uh, there. Phil Hawes uh, has lost in the UFC, so he's no longer undefeated. Um, I think that's it. I think all the others are still undefeated. So it's still. How do you good. get? How did you get all that information? I could. I did it all myself, the old-fashioned way. Pulled up every single every card single card. Kind of... Looked up every yeah. single record. That's why you get a lot of. Because every time you put up those good stats, I hear all the other journalists stealing from you. But they credit you. Well, which that's I not like. stealing them. If they're crediting it, that, uh, that's they fine. Credit if you hear you, somebody yeah. steal it, though, you you tell me, Joe. Uh, oh, oh, I'm I'm on it. You don't. Even, I won't even tell you. I'm going right after them. Yeah. You can't be stealing your stuff like that. I had one guy steal my graphic, and I responded to them on Twitter saying, "Great info. Where'd you find it?" <laughs> Did he reply or no? He was like, "Oh, sorry, I grabbed it off someone on Instagram who posted it. Yeah. So someone from Instagram stole it, and then they stole it from that guy." It's and, the you know, the meme world of stealing memes. Exactly. I, I should start putting my uh, watermark. Yeah, like a watermark on them. I think there's a I little app tacky. you can do it for. It's like a free app you can use. Oh, I can do it. No, no, I, I know how to do it in my graphic app. I can watermark it for free. Yeah, there I you know go. What I'm doing. 
If you ever Water need graphics, made, quick graphics, make Joe, just, just, just holler at me. That's it. I'm terrible with that kind of stuff. That's why I got a team to do it. Exactly. You've got the, the bazooka team. There's That's the bazooka it. kickboxing team, the bazooka MMA team, and the bazooka uh, digital uh, team. Media squad. Yeah. We call us the media squad. Is that what bazooka it is? Bazooka media squad. Yeah, we're the media squad. Yeah, I need more help, though. So anyone listening, if you want to help, I, I, uh, I don't pay available. a lot. <laughs> I don't pay a lot, but uh, yeah, if you need, I need some help. So help me out. I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, big news that came down this this past week. Uh, I mean, we had no car, no UFC card this last week, or or um, or Bellator card. Uh, we did have the try. I did like again. If there's a Saturday night and there's no UFC event, I'm taking it off. I'm sorry. I know. I know that it's like you know people expect yeah. me to cover every single MMA event. Or but triad. I'm, I don't count triad as an MMA event. Um, I'm a very casual boxing fan, so I didn't watch Teo versus uh, Cambosos Jr. Although so, I heard it was a good fight. Amazing. Unreal. If you are going to watch one, I would, I would say that's a good one to kind of watch the highlights of. I saw some highlights. I just yeah. didn't see the whole fight. Yeah. No, it was, it was great. I watched it as it was happening. I was into it. It was one of the best fights I've seen this year in boxing. So one of those good ones. One thing that was I announced, s- uh, Islam Makhachev uh, has an opponent yeah. uh, in Benil Dariush next year. Yeah. That's, a, that's the fight to make. I like that fight a lot. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I think we'll uh, see either how good both guys' grappling are. You know, is one really the the man, and can Darius defend the the ground game? So but Darius is a world class BJJ guy, right? So, I mean, I don't know if he's maybe planning on getting taken down to see what he can do from bottom. But uh, I, I don't know how good Darius is from bottom. I think that's the big question. But I think for as long as as it's on the feet, Darius is going to be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Darius does take big shots, but I mean, he's tough, he's durable, he fights back, he he's a little bit more unorthodox with the striking on the feet. Great chance. What's the I, line I on that him. now? It's I minus really like 330 that. Makashev. It, it opened at minus 400, so money's coming in on Darius. Jeez, still a big heavy favorite. I know, that's a big I number. still think he'll be a big heavy favorite probably all the way up to the title, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anybody in the lightweight division right now that would be favored against him. Yeah, like even Poirier, I think he'd probably be favored against Poirier. Yeah, when you've seen what Khabib did, and like, yeah, you would probably put it. I want to yeah. see Islam versus Oliveira. I want to see Oliveira wrap him up like a pretzel if he gets to take if he takes him down. Islam versus Oliveira, yeah. you want? Yeah, that's probably the. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. You so you think Makachev is our champion in 2022? It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, could he beat Oliveira? Like, if if he took Oliveira down. Oliveira's got a million submission attacks that he could throw at him. I would probably favor Oliveira to beat Makachev, honestly. Really? Okay. I, I would. I, yeah. I don't think the line would All favor right. him, but I would. I think that he would win that fight. Okay. What about, uh, you called it, uh, is it Ankalaev? Yeah, Ankalaev. He'll be the champion 2022? Well, Glover's the champion right now, and Glover's going to face Yuri Prokhajka. That's going to be tough, because if Yuri ends up beating Glover... I don't know if he will or not, but Yuri, I think, has a good advantage against Ankalaev. But Ankalaev might be able to win that fight. I don't know if I would boldly predict that just yet, but maybe. Okay. I think Ankalaev will fight for the title in 2022. Yeah. Wasn't he your prediction to be champion? Was I think he, he will prediction? be champion one day. Yeah, but not 2022. Maybe. 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 All right. I'd have to think about it. All right. You're allowed to do I'm that. I'm going to do a look-ahead show in uh, the next couple of weeks. You know that panel show that I do on a weekly basis or on a yearly basis? I'm going to bring that back. Yeah. 
Get some good, yeah. I think it's nice to get some predictions on who you think would be future champions, changes of champions. Yeah, that's what that's I, a do. Good I do. I do that every year. Yeah, I do a round. It's nice table. to see. I might yeah. bring back the same crew as last year. I would I had Mark Raimondi, Mike Bond. I don't remember who else I had on that last year. It was a lot of fun though. I think uh, Brian Campbell was on it with us. It was a, that was a good. And you show. do one show with like four or five people yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. And everyone cooperates and listens. Yeah, and yeah. Takes turns. Good. I direct traffic and everybody's good. Yeah, hopefully you get some fighting on there, some controversy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. People, people will argue. That's it's always uh, good. Makes for good content. Exactly. You and I don't argue enough. We we. No, I know. I try to get things going, but no, just we're always before on the, the show. Page. On the show, we don't argue. Just before. Yeah, the show. just before. <laughs> a little bit before, a little bit after, but that's it. But with MMA, we tend to agree with a lot of it. So yeah, absolutely, it's hard. But, uh, but uh, when's the next glory card? You're, uh, is it early next February. year? February. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're waiting, uh, I think, mid, uh, well, I think February 18th, we already booked the, we've already pre-booked the Helderdome. The Helderdome. Okay. I got to practice that a little bit more. The Just got to hang out with people from Israel. And you'll be Gel- it, people say Gelderdome, but it's Helderdome. Oh, really? All right. It's Dutch. I can't say the H. I don't have my Chs. Like I said, hang out with some, some rabbis and some some people that speak Hebrew, and you'll be fine. There That's, you go. So it's a big part of our of our of our language here. Oh, okay. And same with Arabic. The Arabic a lot a lot of Arabic languages have the uh, the ch noise. Ch. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so do you have anything booked for that? Is there any any fights? Uh, uh, nothing really popped up yet. I think they're just waiting still. I mean, if you book now, I think so many things keep changing. But uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. I I was. Uh, Hoping Doom Bay would have been on it, but we've seen him now fully over to MMA. And uh, so we'll see. I think the big focus now is the heavyweights. There's a lot of talk on Rico, Plazabot, you know, Plazabot mm-hmm. winning. And there's a lot of talk about them meeting again. We still have Alistair Overeem on the side waiting. So I'm sure it'll be Overeem, maybe Rico, you know, and those types of things. So, I mean, lots of good heavyweights. I think heavyweight kickboxing is back and that's what excites me. Give so, me some speculation. So like, who, do you, who do you think is getting the next title shots in the different uh, in the different weight classes? Have they have, there have been tournaments, right? Like we have some number one. Uh, yeah, we don't really. We kind of stuck, uh, kept away from the tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the people who don't enjoy the tournaments. Yeah. Having fought in one, I realized there's so many variables, and you're wasting so many good fights on one night, which is mm-hmm. is cool. Risk injury. But a lot of people care about records now. Old kickboxing day, you didn't care. You get knocked out, and then you go fight yeah. the next day. And I think people care now. So. It's a little bit more strategic. Why do you think people uh, care? I mean, like you have these guys that have like 100 and, 110 wins, nine losses. Like, why do they yeah, care? Why do people care about? I mean, do padded records mean anything in kickboxing? Because to me, it seems like the people that take more fights are the ones that get the, the bigger. Fights. No, I think it's more of the the damage part of it, not the records. Kickboxers, like when when I look at MMA guys' records, I have a laugh. And I was like, what a joke. You only got 10 fights, 20 fights. I don't think I fought anyone with under 50, 60 professional fights in my in my glory career. You know, I think the one guy still had more. I think Raymond Daniels was 24-0 and 0 when I fought him. Mm-hmm. And that's still an early kickboxer. Then right. I had to go fight Holtzkin, which had over 100 uh, professional fights, but probably over 50, which they call in Europe uh, C-class and B-class fights. So probably guy has over 200 fights, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I laugh when you see champions. That's how it's – it's a new sport, you know? It's MMA guys only fight two, three times a year. Kickboxers in Europe fight 12, 15 times a year, if yeah. not more. If you look at Cedric Dumbe, Cedric Dumbe has got like 80, 90 kickboxing mm-hmm. fights, professional ones. Yeah. Who's got 90 fights? That's why when I see like 
I mean, that's experience, whether it's fighting. That man's been in the ring so many times. That's why I feel like he's going to go nice and quick. But the problem with the tournament is your first fight, it's kickboxing. You're fighting the four best guys in the world or in a tournament. Now, if you're fighting the best, you're probably going to get hit, you know? So if you get rocked in that first fight and then you got to go fight 20 minutes later when you're already rocked, you know, that's the biggest problem for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. uh, going to be a good year next year. A lot of good matchups in uh, MMA and kickboxing, I think, uh, on the horizon right now. Um, I'm eager to see what happens when McGregor comes back. He'll probably just end up getting a lightweight title shot, won't he? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Especially I if Poirier mean, but- wins the title. Yeah, McGregor back, I think, is another exciting one. I want to see Shamayev back. I mean, mm-hmm. he's calling out Colby, which is going to be fun. Calling out GSP, yeah. calling out Colby. Oh, yeah. Like, I I think, you know, he's he's growing on me. Leave you know? GSP alone. You know that, remember that Leave Britney Alone video? Yeah, yeah. Leave, leave GSP, GSP alone. alone. Leave, let the man just be retired. He, his last fight in MMA was prior to the debut, professional debut of Shamayev. That's how long ago it's been. It's almost been yeah. five. It's like coming up on four years next year You're since he's fought. You're the GOAT, though. Everybody wants the GOAT. Yeah, he's Everybody retired. wants He's him. announced his retirement. It's over. Yeah. The Khabib yeah. fight's gone. He's not going to fight Khabib. Khabib's retired, too. It's over. Let yep. the man walk. He had one fight that he wanted to do. It didn't come to fruition, and now we're done. We're leaving him alone. Leave right. him yeah. alone. Shemaev wants everybody, though. He'll fight you. He'll fight me. He'll fight everybody. So we'll see. GSP I like has it, so many endorsement deals. The guy doesn't need to fight anymore. Yeah, yeah. But as a martial artist, you don't need to, but you want to. That's the problem. Yeah. You don't need to, but you want to. And and we keep hearing this uh, that Usman is the best welterweight of all time. I mean, listen, it's a little bit too soon for that, don't you think? I think so. I don't know. I don't. I get, like I said previous times. I don't see that extreme dominance in in Kamaro like I kind of did in GSP at some points mm-hmm. again different eras different times the end of GSP's career he was getting banged up you know we haven't seen Kamaro get banged up like that so I mean it's tough to say I mean being Canadian it's hard to say but I don't know it's it, it'll always be hard for me because when I was most into the sport like the GSP and Anderson Silva's were like mm-hmm. the guys I looked up to so yeah. to get other guys on top of them would be hard for me so well, I'm listen, biased. if you went and, and polled a thousand mixed martial arts fans and said who are the top three mixed martial artists of all time I would think that almost all of them would have GSP on their list yeah so yeah. if you believe that Usman is the greatest welterweight ever then you believe that he's a top three all-time fighter and do you and think, yeah, that, you do you think anybody would say Usman's a top three all-time fighter if you were to ask them and they didn't just start watching the sport four years ago no, you know what's sad though? It's I think you need the double title to do it, and I keep saying that. I don't I think know, we'll ever have to like even listening to. I was listening to some of Mike Perry's interviews. They asked him the question about the same question, and they're like, "Well, or no, it was Kevin Holland." Kevin Holland said, "Well, if you know Kamaro can get the double title, then I would put him." So everyone now in this day and age feels the double title is what you need. John Jones is number one. He's won championship, one belt. Yeah, but moving up to heavyweight. Yeah. You know, seeing what he did it, being so young. I don't know, but a lot of people now. But he needs – John Jones is justifying that he needs to go to heavyweight to make that big statement. I don't think John Jones divisions. I'm going to say it here. I don't think John Jones will ever be the heavyweight title uh, champion in the UFC. All right. I I just don't think he's – I don't think that his skill set translates as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I might be wrong. I always said I don't think anyone could beat Francis. He could certainly (laughs) prove me wrong. Yeah. This new Francis, I think, is going to be anyone. I don't think – that's why I'm, I really want to see that John Jones Francis mm-hmm. because I don't think anyone can beat Francis. Well, I want the to see power, a Cyril Donaldson fear. against him. I mean, yeah. I'm really interested in that fight. 
What's yeah, the line on yeah. that fight? What do you think the line is? Give me a guess. Uh, Francis minus 200. I think it's less. I think it's like minus 150, but let's see. Francis, let's see, Jones versus here. It's it's even money, minus 110. Whoa. Even money. Really? Yeah. Jeez. So, All right. There you go. So if you like yeah. Francis, I think he should be minus two hundred. <laughs> have to get I'm the wallet drop out. It now, yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting. I would uh, have to lean in Ganu with that at that price too. You have to leave Francis yeah. on that fight. I would have yeah. to lean Francis. But that power. Here's man. another thing. Know. You can get if you can get you can get Francis by KO is plus one twenty. What's gone by decision pay? Because I I would just bet both of those. Like gone by decision is plus three hundred. Like yeah. that's what you do. You just bet 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 both those things. One of those. Yeah. yeah. Bet, bet them both. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Would Gone it, by decision, it, plus 350 is great value. Yeah, that's put a few bucks on both of those, and yeah, you're going to be ahead. Yeah, that would be my strategy. Well, anyhow, Joe, yeah. if you want to help me with my picks for this week, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. But uh, until, uh, until next time, we're going to, uh, we're going to call it. Uh, TSN MMA Show Interview Edition will be available uh, in the very near future, probably today or tomorrow. Um, we got some interviews with uh, Rob Font. Um, Jeremy Kennedy is on the show. I can't remember who else I'm interviewing this week. Uh, I'm, I can't remember who else I'm talking to, but we'll have a lot of good interviews for you. How about that? Sounds yeah, good. when are they ever back? Exactly. Come out. So you can check that out. That's coming up uh, very soon on your uh, podcast feeds. You can go to bazookatraining.com and uh, learn go. from the best. Or go to Bazooka Kickboxing on Progress Road in Scarborough, Ontario, if you want to uh, do something in person with uh, my, my wonderful co-host. That's it. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it here. We're everywhere. YouTube. Online training, physical training, we're everywhere, so no excuses. There's only one way that you can say that you've been trained by a glory kickboxing Hall of Famer, and that's training with Joe. That's it. No other Anywhere way. Everywhere else is fake. Exactly. Everywhere fake else news. is fake in Fugazi. it. You know, learn from the best. Yeah, no fugazis over here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.